Welcome to the Dog Nerd Show, where we geek out over our best friends. I'm Megan. And I'm Michael, and this is a show about all things dog. Hey, everybody, we've got a great show today on canine nutrition. Absolutely. And if you'll remember on our show about what we would do different, it was top of the list. So For both of us, yeah. yeah. So let's jump in and listen to Hannah Zulueta from DailyDogFoodRecipes.com. So we are here with Hannah Zulueta, and Hannah is a jack-of-all-trades. She does so much and all to do with dogs, right, Hannah? Absolutely. I tell my friends my life has gone to the dogs. I used to be in travel, but now it's just anything dog-related. Well, we think that sounds pretty perfect. (laughs) And, you know, perfect since traveling is not as easy as it used to be. So that was a good transition for you. It was. I feel blessed. I felt bad for all my friends who had uh, mandatory leave for a few months, but they're all back. And I think that travel is booming again. So I'm happy for my old friends. Good, good. Well, I, gosh, I think I first found you through Maggie Loves Orbit, your, your, your dog Instagram page. Um, and then, you know, just how we connect and find other things. I know that you are the founder or co-founder of Pet Summit as well. I'm one of the co-founders. There's several of us. <laughs> awesome. And that was fantastic. So um, if anyone is looking to learn more about the, being in the pet world, that's a, that's a great place to start. But today we want to talk about cooking for your dog. And you've got dailydogfoodrecipes.com, Instagram, dailydogfoodrecipes. And we personally went through um, issues with our own dogs with respect to health as they aged. And we were always, you know, from an early stage, trying to find healthy kibble, um, you know, the healthier options, but we've, we've realized how important it is as we've learned through ourselves, as we've gotten older, that the food we eat is super important. So as our dogs diets have changed, so have ours. Um, so tell us what, um, what prompted you to get started on this, this path of canine nutrition? Well, thank you, Megan, so much for having me here. And, um, yeah, I've, just been so fascinated with food and dogs and nutrition for myself as well. And it was more recently my dogs having allergies and I didn't want to go the Apoquil and Cytopoint route. So I thought I even went on Instagram one year and I said, my new year's resolution is to figure out these girls rashes. And, um, it just started, I just started going down the rabbit hole and uh, a few years later, here I am certified in nutrition and now helping others who have problems with their dogs. I specialize in helping those that have allergies as well. Wow. I can tell you from just when Finley rests in peace, he, we lost him in October. So, um, but he had a, uh, a tumor that was on his skin. So we had to seek a veterinary dermatologist for that. And I cannot tell you how many dogs came in there with allergies Yeah, and, you know, people telling me as we're waiting in the lobby, you know, this dog is allergic to like 27 different things, including grass and, you know, <laughs> just all sorts of issues that I know are very expensive for their humans. So 
you know, I think people may be reluctant to look at something like diet, but in the long run, if it saves you money on all those vet visits, because I will tell you this, we've learned that specialty vets are like, you know, just walking in the door is double the price of going to your regular vet. Yeah. So um, it really is important. And I think we see a lot more allergies and, you know, we can, I guess that's a debate for another day as to why there are so many, but um, so with your cooking for your dogs, um, did that get rid of all of their allergies altogether? It did to a certain extent. And so a holistic vet had gotten me on the path. And actually, I was coming from raw, of all things, and something still wasn't right. I wasn't doing it properly. There was a few nutrients that I was missing. And so when I went to go see her, she put us on detox. And then she said, why don't you try cooking? So I thought, okay, well, you're the expert. So let me do that. And through the years, they did get better, immediately better within 60 days. Um, Your dog's skin regenerates every 22 days. So in under a month, you're going to start to see improvements if you're trending in the right direction. It doesn't happen overnight, but I would always see a tinge of the pink, a tinge of the rash. The yeast would come back as if to taunt me, as if to say, (laughs) It's not clearly gone yet. So I thought I one day, well, one night I stayed up to like 3 a.m. down another rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm going to try now that I know what I'm doing. I'm going to try raw one more time. So I went back to raw and I went the formulation route, which is measuring everything and making sure that it had all the nutrients that they needed. Um, and now they're so much better. I mean, I, I look at them daily and I go, oh my gosh, your coat is softer. Even my significant other will say, gosh, did you just give them a bath? And in my head, I'm like, nope, (laughs) (laughs) they're soft and silky and the body wants to be healthy. And it's just our job to figure out how to get them back to that state of health. So, um, is there a, is and I'm sure there is a formula, but is there a formula for, you know, figuring out the macros? Okay. So, uh, you know, this dog weighs this much, or it's this breed of dog. How, how much does your home, does your regular pet parent have to know, Hey, I got to figure all these macros out or, or is that set up in your recipes on online too? Yeah, so I do that for myself, um, for my own dogs and for my clients. Before I got into formulation and utilizing software, I was pretty darn close. And when I, this is without using any program or anything, it was pretty close because it was also trying to figure out which um, philosophy worked best for my dogs. Right. Different dogs are going to need, they're even in the raw or home cooked, there's all these different modalities. People will say, include veg. Some will, some will say, don't include veg. Some will say, um, you know, you can use calcium supplements. And some will say, no, you have to feed bone. So I just had to dial in what worked. And the one thing there, I mean, it's not difficult, but it does require, I remember someone wrote, and I I never forgot it. You have to have a very keen sense of observation. So when you try something with your dogs, 
you have to go when I did X, what happened or what stopped happening? And then you go, okay, that worked. We're going to continue that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or that didn't work. We're not going to continue that. Right. <laughs> and then once you figure it out, you're, you're kind of good to go, right? You're yeah. on the path. Yeah. And on, on my website, I write about the different diets that you can follow. There's BARF, there's ancestral, there's prey model raw. This is on the raw and, and home cooked is very, very similar. It's actually, I remember when I was home cooking for years and all my raw feeding friends would say, the only difference is you're applying temperature and I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And even I will sit after I make a bowl, I'll go, okay, does it have protein? Does it have seafood? Does it have calcium? Does it have liver? Does it have another organ? Does it have fiber? And once you realize what all the components are, it's not difficult. It's like, I know when I'm going to make my Asian dish that it requires certain ingredients. When my boyfriend gets into the kitchen and he's from Minnesota, he has a different way of putting a meal together. So. I think the one thing that I, you know, I am, I'm always trying to figure out why do people not make food for their dogs? And one of them is, I think we're not used to being in the kitchen and trying things. And if you think about your very first meal, (laughs) when you were on your own, it was probably a pizza or top ramen. (laughs) (laughs) Spaghetti. Spaghetti. And so we all start in these, you know, small little spots where you don't know all the answers yet, but you lo and behold, have either managed to grow other humans. There goes the dogs. (laughs) It's okay. You're on the right show for having them bark. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, so you just figure things out as you go along. And, and the key thing that, to be successful in preparing meals for your dogs, whether or not you're cooking them or making them raw, is there are some principles which are to add a lot of variety mm-hmm. um, and rotate, even in your supplements. I realized I got comfortable and I was using the same digestive enzyme supplement, which used to work for my dogs perfectly. And then all of a sudden she started getting teary, weepy eyes. Really? And yeah. And so I sat back. I'm like, I haven't changed anything. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And so then I kind of was writing one night and I went, oh, I haven't rotated her enzymes. Yeah. So I rotated that. Okay. Um, everything, probiotic, prebiotic, uh, omegas, whatever you add, rotate that. Proteins, you rotate. Organs, you rotate. Fish, you rotate. So that's the one overarching principle mm-hmm. because- right. One of the mistakes that people will make once they start entering the I'm going to cook for my dog realm is they follow the one size fits all approach and they go, oh, I do chicken and rice and whatever. Oh, that's great. What else do you do? That's all I do. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you say rotate, are you saying like um, this, this white week or this month you use the probiotic, but then go off of it or change the brand, the, the, the one you're using? Both. Okay. So you would rotate and interchange your brand. So let's say you use Marcola and then you use Adored Beast. And I would even rest a week um, in between. And then also test to see if you still need it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, 
one of my dogs were starting to have a few gut issues. And so I put her on a gut supplement and once everything stabilized, I took her off it. I'm not right. going to keep okay. giving it to her. Gotcha. What's that? What is the rotation? Uh, is it daily? Oh, I mean, feed a different protein daily or weekly. What's the frequency of the rotation of say a protein or, or veg or. Yeah. I always say it will vary. Again, there's not a one size fits all answer. You have to look at your own dog and see what's happening. Right. Um, I know a friend who was feeding her dog turkey a lot. And then all of a sudden he developed a turkey sensitivity and she was changing things out maybe once every two months or once every month. And um, when I was dialing in my raw, I was doing every two, three days, I would change out a protein because I'd come home, I'd pack it and I'd freeze it in these little containers. And then I said to myself, okay, let me see what would happen if I switched it out every day. And I realized that they did better on it. And then scientifically, if I test it out in the software and you put up all the different ingredients up next to each other, you realize, well, this has more taurine and this has more of this amino acid. And this has more of this vitamin. This one has more minerals. So then you realize if you're not utilizing software, the very experienced um, fresh feeders, and I'll call them fresh feeders because they could be home cooked or raw, will say that they're feeding their dogs anywhere from nine to 13 proteins a month. And you go, how do you do that? <laughs> well, it could even be just um, a treat or a chew. Right. That's okay. different. Right. Okay. And um, why, other than allergies, why should people consider moving off of kibble and to raw or homemade? What, what would be the benefits that you would see? So I have a different um, take on this, and this is not scientifically backed. This is just some um, deep thinking that I've been going through. There's a very old study, and I have that article on my website about Pottinger's cats. And early um, on, about 100 years ago or so, this doctor was running some tests and I think he was using the adrenal glands of cats. And I can't remember just right now exactly what it was. When people started to hear this, they started dropping off all their cats and he soon found himself with 400 cats and no way to properly feed them all a biologically appropriate meal. So he thought, well, let me try an experiment. So he put a third of them on a raw diet a third of them on a cooked diet, and then a third of them on a cooked and milk diet. And by doing this over the course of, I think it was 10 years, he saw the different results mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of what was happening and the different generations of what happens when you don't feed a biologically appropriate diet. Mm -hmm. And in the first generation of cats um, that weren't being fed properly, he started to see degenerative illnesses in the latter part of their lives. Mm -hmm. In the second generation, it was happening in the middle stage of their lives. So the seven and eight year olds. And then in the third generation, they were getting sick much earlier. And then there was no fourth generation. They couldn't even have children. Wow. So 
I found this study interesting because I don't think right now that there are food clinical studies that go over multi-generations and I'm part of different breeding groups and I'm starting to hear different breeders have conversations about, oh, I'm not going to use that kibble anymore because my girls didn't go into heat. And I perked up. I went, that's kind of interesting. And then another um, breeder will say, oh, that worked fine for me. But we don't know the story why it's stopped working for one group of breeders. And so I started thinking about breeders who are seeing multi-generationally lines and the effects of food. Mm -hmm. What if, because kibble is so hard to process, I'm not even going to go into what it's made of or all the processes. If you just think of how hard it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's, it's so difficult for your dog to process that. And, you know, um, I remember recently my boyfriend and I, we were at REI and we bought a, some bar and we got in the car cause we were still wanting to do errands and I didn't want to stop for lunch. So I ate the bar. And even though it was, had all these packaging and it looked very natural, I looked, I'm like, oh, it's made by Kellogg. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's chocolate stuff. (laughs) And you just don't feel good. But then when you eat something that's nutritious for you, and it doesn't even have to be nutritious for all humans, because I know that there's also the ancestral, they say what you grew up with, like there's certain foods cooked a certain way that I feel so good eating and mm-hmm. my boyfriend who has come comes from a different culture he prefers different food and we just figure out where to meet in the middle <laughs> so if someone were to ask me a friend were to ask me why should I feed my dog something other than kibble it's to give their internal organs a rest it's to give them food that is more bioavailable and that means that when they eat it, they're going to consume all of it and all the nutrients that it has to offer. And I would just start off there because we all start somewhere. It's like when I started making top ramen and I would add some vegetables to my soup. I went, oh, I'm a chef. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I think, you know, personally, we've, you know, we've seen a difference when not feeding kibble and we did try raw, try raw. And we had one bad experience where we got a bad batch and, and that made him go never again. Cause it was a, you know, a trip to the vet's office. But, um, I think that was due to what well, we got. Well, I have a question. Um, so, you know, there's been studies with humans, which yeah. I have way more experience with that side of it, but, you know, so the there's people, uh, the Inuit Indians in um, the northern, you know, Alaska area, and then uh, the northern territories of Canada. Their diet consists primarily of of fish and fat. Yeah. Very little vegetable, and they they tend to be relatively healthy. Yes. Um. So I asked that question. I'm asking the question now. So what breeds do you see do really well with raw don't do so great with raw or maybe we should just cook for them and then also i guess the second question would be what are there certain 
breeds that require different nutrition based on where they are from and how, how they've been bred over the years. Yes. Um, so the Alaskan breeds of huskies, they require certain nutrients. Um, and, and I don't have it right in front of me, but a lot of care and attention to be paid to zinc and uh, making sure that they're getting what they need. Um, there are dogs like Shiva's that cannot have garlic. And that's a huge ingredient and component of a home cooked or a raw fed dog's diet. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have all the C-section dogs, the Brachys, mm -hmm. who seem to have more allergies. And it's interesting. I, I, I find it interesting that you brought up human nutrition because I read a lot about human nutrition, which is 20, 30 years ahead of us in the canine nutrition space. Right. And um, there's a lot of talk about the microbiome and how diverse that has to be. And um, so I don't know if I can put different things into buckets, but there are tendencies, I guess. Mm -hmm. right. you know? So <laughs> Shih Tzu's get a lot of kidney stones. Why? They don't like to drink water. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So and lots was, of nuances with these well, yeah. yeah. Little things. And, you know, my sister has a Shih Tzu. She doesn't like to eat off a bowl because the whiskers touch the bowl. So she has to eat off a plate. And my sister has spent hundreds of dollars trying to figure out which water bowls will work for her. And <laughs> <laughs> wow. so, yeah, there are there are different um, diets and raw is not for everybody. Cooked is great. Um, again, if if one of mine didn't keep having a little bit of those rashy symptoms, I would have stayed uncooked. Yeah. And I may even, um, I am actually going to start incorporating more cooked again, now that I have the formulation software and I can get really precise. Right. I think that for the most part, if you don't have a special case dog and you've got an otherwise healthy dog, you can follow a lot of the principles. I call it Lego blocks. So I know I need this much protein. I know I need this much calcium. I know I need this much organ meat um, and fiber and um, seafood. A lot of people forget seafood right. in the sense that they think, okay, I'm going to squirt a pump of fish oil, mm -hmm. but there's also zinc and there's manganese and iodine. And so the other thing that we do a lot of is we go towards the, um, we go towards convenience. So fish oil in a bottle is convenient. And so I just say, slow it all down. Can you find a slower approach? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's important. And how hard would it be to find, because I was looking at your website and I know, um, you know, some of the, some of the ingredients might be a little harder to come by. And if you're not in a major metropolitan area where you don't have like maybe the Asian market where you can get, you know, a lot of really interesting foods how hard is it to start with this? And do you have to have some of that stuff to do this and do it, you know, to get, still give your dog the nutrition that they need? I don't believe that it's difficult 
Um, I think that it's difficult in the sense where if you are trying to do it from whole food sources, but if you can't source oysters at a very economical price, I can get 60 oysters and they're in the dryer right now <laughs> and for $13, oh, which, nice. you know, you go to a restaurant, a dozen oysters is under $20. So, but you can get zinc supplements. And so once you know the components, you go, okay, I can't get an ingredient. This is when I have to turn to a supplement. Okay. And so it's highly achievable. Yeah. Highly achievable. It's not unattainable at all. And you said the dryer, you're um, dehydrating some of your foods, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was reading about that. So I just wanted to clarify that for the listeners. Do you think having a food dehydrator is something that helps make this an easier process for you? It does for storage. So for example, I didn't go the big, um, huge freezer route. Yeah. This, right. is a, this was actually a mistake. <laughs> so, uh, I used, I cooked for three years and we used to share the freezer and my boyfriend would try to figure out which was our stuff and which was the dogs. <laughs> so then when I started going raw, I thought, okay, well, I need to get a freezer and we went to Home Depot and we looked at it and we're like, I've got to put that in the car. <laughs> so I went on Amazon and I'm like, oh, they deliver. Okay. I'm going to get this freezer. And I ended up buying the smaller one, which is about the same width as a washing machine. Mm -hmm. Right. So I can't, I don't like to stock all the stuff in the freezer. I like to have it accessible so I can dry 120 pieces of oyster, two bags, and then it's all dried and then have it in a little glass container. Whenever I need it, I just pick it out. So it's more for now trying to make things easy for me when it comes to meal prep. Um, you don't, you're not, you don't have to have a freezer. You don't have to have um, a dehydrator. It just makes things a little bit easier. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. And then it's another thing that I don't do compared to other fresh feeders is I don't really um, go order from huge exotic places. I try to source everything from the same places that I shop at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So that you're not running all over the place, <laughs> spending yeah. a lot of time. Yeah, because you don't want yeah. it to be a time suck. At, you know, where I'm, I'm at Whole Foods, but now I got to go to this place. Yeah, yeah, right. Makes sense. Um, a question I didn't, I didn't put this in the notes that I would ask this, but because we're seeing dental issues with Riley, um, can you just talk for a moment about raw bones? And uh, you know, I know that that's the People that feed their dogs raw have, their dogs have the cleanest teeth. <laughs> Unlike, you know, dogs like ours that have, you know, grown up eating a lot of kibble. So um, is a raw bones the best thing for helping with that? Yeah. And that's one thing that um, there's a, there's a vet, his name is Dr. Connor Brady and his book is feeding dogs. If there's one book to recommend, that would be the first one. The second one would be the forever dog book. And you cannot get away from feeding bones. Um, Dr. Ian Billinghurst, he was one of the first in Australia and Dr. Tom Lonsdale, I kind of went full circle and, and tried a lot of different things and went back to the simplicity of giving your dog a raw bone. And a lot of it is having the confidence and faith 
that they're going to tackle this bone appropriately. I'm very nervous because one of mine is a snarfer. Mm -hmm. She just acts like she's never seen a bone in her whole life. I mean, I just gave her a raw duck wing, no, raw, raw duck foot this morning. And I never, never take my eyes off her. I'm always watching her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is, there that is would that. be something like, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But to get around that, if you have the ability to source it, is just to buy big, big bones. Mm -hmm. So I will get a really big bone, like a lamb shank, and yeah. I'm constantly watching our local sprouts mm -hmm. when they go on sale. So when I see it on sale for $5, I grab it. And okay. um, you trim off all the excess meat for you, leave a little bit on, and um, it's a scraping but it's also the tearing of the flesh, mm -hmm. which flosses in between their teeth. Yeah. So it's multi-purpose. And I, I guarantee you if you, so, so here's where I do spend a little bit more for better meat because I don't want to buy bad meat and then end up at the vet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That makes I, sense. Yeah. And I don't even buy commercial raw grinds, nothing against them, but I want to see it for my own eyes. I want to touch it. I want to smell it. I want to feel it. Right. It's not slimy. And I, and you know, um, if they're going to get sick, they're going to get sick in the first 12 hours. So if you can spend on a little bit more quality meat, mm -hmm. especially if you are kibble feeding and you do want to give a bone for dental benefits, um, you, you can just spend a little bit more and just consider it their toothbrush, or you can partner with different companies and sign up for boxes where you get choose delivered. I do that too. Um, but nothing replaces a bone. A bone has all the minerals and vitamins that they're not going to get from a bully stick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, best way to get started um, other than going to your website, <laughs> which is dailydogfoodrecipes.com. Um, what would it be a good way to just start supplementing things, you know, to, to try out, you know, if you don't, you know, just want to dip your toe in or whatever, just to stop supplement, maybe give them a raw bone and see how it does. What would you say would be a good way to start? For a chew? Yeah. Try with, try a lamb shank, try a beef rib. Right. You know, when next time you grill a rib, take off one for Riley, that's his, and uh, put a towel down. And that's on the chew side. On the food side, I do have um, a page dedicated to kibble topping. And it's starting off with protein because the other thing about the cooking process for kibble, I like to use um, Elon Musk. <laughs> Remember when he had that huge flamethrower? Yeah. 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 So imagine yeah. putting a roast on your barbecue and then Elon Musk comes out with his flamethrower and he goes <laughs> and he cooks it at 220 degrees for two hours and what's left. And you think about the protein that's left over and you go, okay, how much nutrition is left on that? And we've all left meat on the grill and seeing what happens to it. And in the kibble cooking process, they have these vitamin packs to add back all the nutrients. And um, 
So it checks all the boxes. But if you want to make your dog's Riley's meal better, just start off by adding protein. Okay. And it's an egg, scrambled egg, three times a week. Yeah. Fish. You're cooking chicken, slice off some, cook it, mm-hmm. sear it lightly, and add it to his bowl and start sharing meals. And I say, start off there and see how that works. Cool. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So, uh, you're not suggesting, so if anybody's watching this, you're not suggesting, okay, stop kibble right now and just feed your dog a, a raw meal tomorrow. No. Okay. <laughs> not, not, a good, not a good idea, right? Don't get ideas. I mean, I think that first and foremost, and I can't remember, I read so many books. One of the books when she started talking about her instructions was she said, you have to start off with some confidence. I went, I've never had anyone say that. <laughs> and I thought about it. It is a leap of faith. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to, if you are energetically not feeling right with where you're going nutrition wise, it's not the path. Mm-hmm. Start off with where you're comfortable and, you know, read some, try a few different things there are commercially prepared um, cooked diets mm-hmm. and you can look at their ingredients kind of like how I learned to cook. I'll go to my favorite restaurant. I'll go, how did they make that meal? And let yeah. me figure out if I got all those ingredients. I'm going to make it at home. Right. So that's what I do. I go to different cooked commercial cooked companies, websites, and I go, oh, well, I've got those ingredients. Mm-hmm. Let me make that. Um, my only thing is, when it comes to nutrition, dogs can get their energy from primarily fat um, and then protein and carbs are added in there and formulated in there and checks all the boxes, but they will do fine. I home cooked and never added any carbs, no rice, barley, any of that. I did sometimes add in sweet potatoes or squash or other non-starchy vegetables mm-hmm. right um but it's going back to the building blocks and so once you understand all the building blocks or i would call it you know my roughing would say what are you doing I'm like oh i'm playing with my legos because <laughs> <laughs> you just put it all together and then once you realize okay i need these eight components do i have it it's very easy but you don't have to start today or tomorrow you can right. ease into it um and you're at your own pace. And those are good tips to, to, you know, three times a week, just, you know, you do the egg and add things in and start, like you said, grow, get confident with it and just learning knowledge is power. And I think as we all understand the value of nutrition for ourselves, that's when we start looking at what we're feeding our animals and go, Hmm. And then when they start having issues, that's, you know, really when you start going, gosh, I wish we had known then what we know now, because We've yeah, really done things a lot differently. Yeah, yeah, but agreed. That, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. It sounds sounds like keto, keto for the dogs. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I I think it's important that people get um it because you are what you eat, right? Yeah. So I think I think that is very important. What we put in our bodies, we should also consider what we put in our dogs' bodies. And a lot of times people feed kibble too, because they've been conditioned to, and, right. and it's easy. It's easy. 
You know, it is easy. I mean, it is now a society of Amazon Prime. We get everything two days, and now I saw. If you pay a little bit more, you can have it arrive tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, everything is built around convenience, and I think we're maybe in the same age section. <laughs> well, you guys, are. I, you, you guys are. I grew up in a time where we never even went to the restaurant, and nothing came out of a package. Everything came from meat and vegetables and everything was made at home and it wasn't until we came we lived in Papua New Guinea so that also was we didn't have a lot of convenience yeah uh, convenient things and so when we came to the U.S. I mean I remember seeing a microwave and I to heat the rice I put even the rice container in there and <laughs> that you can't put metal in the microwave <laughs> So things like that, I think that um, we just have to slow down. And, you know, there's a lot of pleasure in making food, not only for yourself. When you're in the kitchen, the dogs know. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I, I, have just, a, I have a shoe chef every time I'm uh, cooking. So. Yeah. I just gave Riley some broccoli today because it's her birthday. And, you know. She's oh, getting, happy birthday, Riley. Yeah. So she's getting special treatment. And. She just, they, border terriers just love broccoli. I, I don't know what it is, but it's raw broccoli. And she was just scarfing that down. So it was like, okay, I know we need to do better. So, yeah. um, any other questions? I think this was so this informative. Is fantastic. I, I really enjoy it. And I think it's something that we are going to incorporate into our daily. Uh, and I, and, and the thing I like the most about it is I didn't think about it but rotating the proteins, rotating the vegetables. Because one of the things that I thought was super interesting is it's like, okay, well, this protein gives you this amount of, of nutrients and this one gives you this amount of nutrients, which is totally different. So if I rotate them, that means they're getting a balance of nutrients. And I like right. that idea. And it also gives them a variety, if you will, of foods. So uh, very, very informative and, and eye-opening for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I just, in thinking about that with kibble, you know, if you're giving them the same kibble all the time too, they're getting the same protein and that they're, you know, so they're. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, yeah. was going to say, um, when you feed kibble, rotate the proteins, rotate the brands mm -hmm. and buy small, mm -hmm. don't buy big. We right. have become this buy everything big, have it all instantly arrive so buy the smallest bag because then you're going to be forced to rotate more frequently mm -hmm. um, and you know have a variety of different brands that you like that work well for Riley and do that and when you are adding more fresh food if it is protein or fish I that's my next one after protein start incorporating fish if you're going to have some salmon if you're going to have some halibut if you're going to have some cod and you know, a small, how much does Riley weigh? She's like 15, set, 15 yeah, 16 pounds. pounds. Yeah. So to give you an idea of how much fish that my girls need or a 20 pound dog, I like to use some because it's a nice even number. Mm -hmm. It's 0.4 ounces per meal, which is okay. the size of a tablespoon. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. even if you go out to a restaurant, put it in your mouth, lick all the salt off. <laughs> <laughs> 
I need a doggy bag for this. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And so um, it's these small little changes that make such a huge difference. And it doesn't require the the wonderful thing is the smaller your dog is, the easier it is. (laughs) Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Well, this has been so wonderful. We could probably talk to you for hours. So thank you for taking your time. And please let us know everywhere we can find you online so that our listeners and viewers can go out and do their own research. Yeah, I am at dailydogfoodrecipes.com and also an Instagram and then my own dogs, Maggie Loves Orbit, and then a website for them because I'm just as crazy about Boston Terriers as I am about food. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and the Pet Summit. Um, That is in collaboration with some other creators. It was a concept where we wanted to share how to be a storyteller in this day and age, because when we first started, we all, we figured it out ourselves, but we thought our way of giving back would be to teach that. And each year it goes to four different rescues. So that's a very special passion project and our way of giving back. That's awesome. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Hannah. We really appreciate it. And um, we just look forward to going on this adventure. So I might I might be reaching out. (laughs) Always, always send me a DM. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. That was such an informative and inspiring episode. I feel more confident just having talked to Hannah about this. I do too. Folks, I want to ask you, please, if you like this content and the content we've done, please give us a thumbs up. And if you do it, mind subscribe. Uh, You can hit a notification bell to let you know when we have these videos uh, and when they come out. Also, if you're listening to us on the podcast, please review it there. Yeah. Um, and you have a very special shout out, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Speaking of podcasts, so Kettle Cove Standard Poodles, thank you for listening. So if you want to follow them on Instagram, it's kettlecovecurls.poodle. They actually are, are a listener and they gave us a shout out. Um, after listening to the episode on deadly mushrooms to mm. humans and dogs. So Thank you guys for listening um, and watching. Those kind of topics like the deadly mushrooms are very important to share. So please do share. And we love all of y'all. We really cherish your comments, your feedback, and we consider you part of our family. In fact, I don't even know if you know this, but when I do my gratitude in the morning, mm-hmm. when I journal, I, I am grateful for all the all of our supporters and listeners and, and viewers. So you wow. guys get noted in my daily gratitude journal. So. Really? Well, tell everybody where they can find us. Yeah, um, dognerdshow.com, uh, everywhere online at dognerdshow. If you'd like to drop us a line, dognerdshow at gmail.com, and we'd love to interview you about your breed. So we can do it via Zoom. We'd love to chat. Absolutely. Well, folks, thank you again for tuning in. We, we appreciate you and can't wait to see you. T- until next time. Bye. Bye.